0: You may have seen these. You may have seen them, um, but you may not have seen them. There are campaigns going around the world that are promoting atheism. You know, the belief that there is no God. Well, some of the signs and some of the banners that are promoting this atheism... Read like this. You don't have to believe in God. Another sign says, In the beginning, man created God. I wouldn't want to be the people that printed this, amen? Another one read, The bad news is God does not exist. The good news is you didn't need him anyway. actually saw a billboard on Facebook that said abortion is part of God's plan another sign said why believe in god just be good for goodness sake another one said since there is no god stop worrying and just enjoy your life but the bible addresses all those signs in this religion of atheism with one verse. In Psalm 14, 1, the Bible says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. I shared a meme on my Facebook page There was a picture of Mr. T. It said, I pity the fool who says in his heart, There is no God. Amen. I do pity the fool because it is hard for me to believe that these fools. Would go to such efforts to promote a view that promises no hope. It promises no purpose. No afterlife. It promotes no heaven whatsoever. But you know we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised because the Bible says. That it's probably going to be that way. In fact in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul wrote to Timothy saying this. But know this. That in the last days. Perilous times will come. Turbulent times. Will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power from such people, stay away. From such people stay away. One thing's for sure, y'all. As atheism increases, turbulent times will too. And as Christians, you and I need to be prepared for the turbulent days that are coming. And we need to know how we're going to live in the midst of these turbulent times. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 3. Solomon said that there is a time to tear down and there's a time to build up. Amen. Turbulent times are the time to encourage, the time to build up one another in the faith. Let us found be doing that. You see, sometimes it only takes one little word, a smile, perhaps just a, a good firm handshake, maybe a hug. Other times it it means standing by someone when they're going through a hard time, or maybe helping them not to give in to despair. Building others up. So, what does encouragement mean to you? What does it mean to you to build up somebody? Your spouse, your child. A brother or sister in Christ, someone who's grieving the mo- mourning the loss of a loved one. What does it mean to you? Can you remember a time when somebody did that for you? They came alongside you and they just lifted you up, or maybe made you smile a little bit. Have you ever done that for somebody else when they needed just a little bit of light? See, it always feels good to know that you're loved. And I want to tell you something that I don't want you to leave unless you understand completely. Don't leave here today without knowing that I love you. It feels good to be loved, doesn't it? It does feel good but it feels especially good to be loved when you're down in one of those low moments of your life it especially feels good to be loved when you can't you can't put your finger on what it god's plan is for your life for that moment but you, all you know is that you're loved can I tell you today there is no such thing As a person who does not need encouragement. Don't you be deceived friend. Your husband needs encouragement. Your wife needs encouragement. Children. Your parents need encouragement. Your church brothers and sisters. Fellow servants of the Lord. They need encouragement. They need to be built up. And edified. And encouraged. Now, the Old Testament speaks some specifics about how this can be done. In Isaiah chapter 35 and verse 3, the prophet tells God's people this. Listen carefully. He said, strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come and save you. Man, what encouragement we find. Right there in the Old Testament. You see, the work of encouraging people, the work of encouraging others is not some spiritual gift that's only given to those with a bubbly personality. No. I believe that encouragement... Building others up is a God-given function of every single person who belongs to Jesus Christ. And if you belong to Jesus today, then you ought to be a good encourager to your spouse, to your children, to your brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, when we start seeking ways, intentionally looking for ways to build up those around us. What happens is is we start growing the potential for Christ-centered, meaningful relationships. And what happens then is the church starts to grow. The body of Christ begins to grow. Because that's what the church is built on. is relationship. Amen. It starts there, but then it comes down and it's blessed here. Now, last week. Paul told those Thessalonians who were going through their own turbulent times. You remember? They were being persecuted because of their faith in Jesus. Well, he told them, comfort each other. Comfort each other. Encourage one another. Comfort the faint hearted. Uphold the weak. And be patient. You know, most often, encouragement comes in the form of a person. An encourager is God's agent of joy for somebody who's seeking a little bit of light in their dark world, in their turbulent times. Are you God's agent of joy? Are you an encourager? Are you building people up around you? And listen, when we're going through turbulent times, and you may not right now, but you will be, we're going to be going through turbulent times, and turbulent times are not the time to tear down. Turbulent times are time to build up. So when you're going on, when your marriage is on the rocks, not a time to tear down it's a time to build up when your kids misbehaving it's not time to tear them down further it's time to build them up when somebody ain't doing right in the church it ain't time to tear them down it's time to build them up and as believers who are waiting for the Lord's return you and I should constantly be looking for opportunities To encourage and build up others. No matter what kind of turbulent times we're going through. Build others up. And so today, we're going to look at four principles. Four principles for building up. Four principles for encouraging the body of Christ. And it's something we need to understand when we're going through turbulent times. The first of which is this. You may not have known this, but building up is not about you. Building up is about others. Building up others in the name of Jesus. You see, the body of Christ being built up is not a we, or it's a we activity, not a me activity. Y'all get that? It's not about me. It's about we. And Paul wrote to the Corinthian church teaching them, let no one seek his own, but each one the others' well-being. You see, the Bible doesn't teach us to build up ourselves in Christ. It teaches us to build up the body of Christ. The whole church. In fact, Paul said in another place in Philippians, let nothing be done. Through selfish ambition and conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but also the interests of others. Building up is not about you, it's about you building up others in Jesus' name. And nowhere in the Bible is that made more clear. Then when Jesus restored Peter after he denied Jesus 3 times. You may remember the story. After Jesus' resurrection in John chapter 21, the Lord gave Peter 3 opportunities to confirm his love for Jesus. 3 times Jesus asked Peter, "Peter, do you love me?" And 3 times Peter answered that he did. But the English language doesn't really allow you and I to really understand all that was going on as Jesus was probing Peter's heart. Because you see, the first two times that Jesus asked Peter if he loved him, he used that word we talked about last week, agape, love. You know, the, the godly, sacrificial, selfless kind of love but when Peter responded I love you back Peter used the original Bible word that means brotherly love not sacrificial love and then the third time Jesus asked Peter he used the same word that Peter was using that word that meant brotherly love he said do you have brotherly affection for me And the third time, Peter said, Lord, you know I do. So twice, Jesus asked Peter if he loved him sacrificially. To which Peter said, Lord, you know I do. But when he said that, he basically said, Lord, you know that I'm fond of you. You know, I think you're all right. But the third time Jesus said, Peter, are you really fond of me? Peter said, you know, I am. What was Jesus doing there? He was making making Peter wrestle with just how committed Peter was to Jesus. To Peter's surprise, Jesus basically says, Peter, if you love me, or even if you're just fond of me, feed my lambs. If you love me, or even if you're just fond of me a little, tend my sheep. If you love me, or even if you're just fond of me, feed my sheep. In other words, Peter... If you really love me, or even if you care a little about me, feed my flock. Take care of my people when I'm gone. If you love me, you will take care of my people. If you love me, you will build up my church. He was basically telling Peter, Peter. This isn't about you. This is about my sheep. The young ones. And the older ones. This is about my flock. This is about my people. And if you love me, you will take care of them. Do you see the responsibility that we have toward one another? If you take that responsibility seriously... You're really declaring your love for Jesus. As we seek to reach not only those who are hurting and lost, but also encouraging believers within the church, our needs, our personal needs, should start taking a back seat. When we start encouraging others in the body of Christ, our needs should become much, 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 much smaller. Why? Because it's not about me. It's about you. But if I spend too much time in the mirror, looking at my own problems, looking at my own difficulties, looking at my own turbulent times, what's going to happen? My needs are going to become magnified and I'm going to stop encouraging So even, friend, when we fail like Peter, and we will, Jesus calls you and I to build up his church and to do so until he comes again, no matter how turbulent the times may get. Build up others. You see, building up is not about us. It's about others. But the second point is, building up is not about what you profess with your mouth. It's about what you pursue with your life. So what exactly are we supposed to pursue as we build up others? Well, the Bible says it in Romans chapter 14 verse 19. It says, therefore let us pursue, pursue the things which make for peace, the things which edify, the things which build up others. You See, when you pursue something, what you're doing is... Is you're making a deliberate, intentional effort because you know it ain't gonna happen by itself. So it's up to you to make sure it gets done. We gotta learn to be intentional, learn to be deliberate when it comes to pursuing peace in the church and pursuing and encouraging others. Because there's not a person you know that doesn't need encouragement. Now, here's another little poem for you that goes hand in hand with this point. I saw them tearing a building down, a group of men in a busy town. With a hefty blow and a lusty yell, they swung with zest and the side wall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled, the kind you'd hire if you wanted to build? He looked at me and laughed, no indeed. Indeed. Unskilled labor is all I need. While they can wreck in a day or two, what takes builders years to do. And I asked myself as I went my way, which of those roles is it I play? Do I build with a rule and square, measuring and building with skill and care? Or am I a wrecker? Walks the town content with the business of tearing down. Friends, as we obediently wait for the Lord to come get us, there will be no doubt we'll go through turbulent times. If you're not in one now, hold on tight because one's coming. But we must ask ourselves the same question as that poet. to do about it. When you're going through your turbulent times, when it comes to the the lives of other people, are you a builder or a wrecker? Are you building up or tearing down? As your pastor, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to intentionally choose to encourage others. Because there ain't a person you know Who doesn't need some encouragement. And building up is not about. What you profess with your mouth. You can say it all day long. It's about what you pursue with your life. So. The third point is this. Building up is not about what you know. It's how you care. In his letter to the Corinthians. Paul said. Knowledge puffs up. But love. Edifies, love encourages, love builds up. Now, we've all gone through this at one time or another. You're hurting. You really need somebody to talk to. And instead of hearing from that kind of friend, you find yourself being lectured to. You find yourself hearing from somebody who wants to give you advice that you didn't really ask for. seems like that person knows exactly what you did wrong. Oh, he knows exactly how you ought to fix it. And he ain't afraid to tell you so. I'm not saying they're wrong. But if you're like me. when I'm going through my turbulent time. I don't care what you know. I need to know how much you care. How many people know that men have a tendency to try and fix everything? Say amen, ladies. See, I think we men need to learn this lesson. We men need to learn that our wives and our children they don't need to glean from our vast knowledge and advice. They need our love. Now I know that love can come in the form of advice. It can come in the form of a wise parent. But what we need to be careful of is not to dish it out unless that's what the person wants and What the person needs. So let us be careful men. Because usually. They're not going to ask for your advice. Unless they know that you care. It's love. Not self-serving knowledge. That encourages and builds up. Those who have fallen down. Those who are going through turbulent times. And when those turbulent times come. And they are. Especially for other people, you and I, as members of the body of Christ, we are the Lord's church, and we need to understand that the encouragement that people need doesn't come from what you know. It comes from how much you care for people. Now, the final principle about building up is this. Building up is not about our wisdom. It's all about God's word. Building up others is not about Bill applying his wisdom to his marriage. Somebody say amen. (laughs) I love her so much. What it really is about. is about us relaying God's wisdom that comes from his word. If you want to be an effective encourager. Relay God's word. To people that need encouragement. See as Paul was saying goodbye. To his brothers and sisters. At the church in Ephesus. He said so now brethren. I commit you to God. And to the word of his grace. Listen to me. Which is able to build you up. It's the word of God. Which is able to build you up. And when people fall down, it's God's word that will provide that living source of wisdom. It's God's word that will strengthen them when they're going through their own turbulent times. So don't try to apply your own wisdom to them. To them, Make sure that you give them the word of God. It's God's word that will build us up. See, human wisdom can't compare to God's wisdom. Paul even said it in 1 Corinthians 1. He said, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than Ben. And that doesn't mean that God is either foolish nor weak. He's neither. So what is the overriding theme of this message? What is it you need to take home with you today? Number one, God never intended for you to fly solo in the Christian life. what the body of Christ is all about I can't do this thing without y'all I pray you can't without me God wants us to fly with others to strengthen them and as I strengthen them guess who else is going to get strengthened boom hallelujah it's not rocket science He never intended for you to fly solo in this Christian life. But he also intends for us to work together to accomplish his mission. What's his mission, Bill? God's mission for your life is to know God more intimately and make Jesus known. That's simple. That's the mission. Now, have you ever seen geese as they're flying in a V formation when they migrate? Everybody's seen that. I'd love to watch that. But do you know why they do that? Do you know why they fly in that V formation? Well, the reason they fly in a V formation is so that the whole gander of geese is more aerodynamic. There's less resistance when they fly in a V. But they also take turns flying the point. Right? They take turns flying the point of the V so that no one goose gets too tired and all the geese get an opportunity to rest. We've got to work together. This is just like the church. We must work together to accomplish the mission that God has given us as his church. But the third theme is this. God also intends for his people to stay the course. No matter how turbulent times might get. Stay the course. These migrating geese. They come across all manner of harsh storms y'all. And they got two options. The way they see it. When they come across the hurricane. They can do one of two things. They can say okay we're flying through it. Together. Or. We're going to go down here. And we're going to rest together. This work in the body of Christ is all about working together and staying the course. Because storms are coming, y'all. Those folks in Israel did not expect to get bombed with 3,000 missiles yesterday. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to keep y'all informed. We don't know how bad it's going to get. And we don't know when it's going down. But we know that perilous times are coming. That turbulent times are coming. The Bible tells us so. And we need to be prepared. And continue to not fly solo. To to work together and stay the course. So friends, let's encourage people. Let's encourage people with the hope that A, this atheism thing is a joke. There is a God. Amen. And Jesus is coming back to get us. Amen. And guess what? The best is yet to come. That's the joy of Christianity. Friend, do you know that we need each other? Do you know that the world needs Jesus? Do you have a vibrant living relationship with Jesus. And I pray that you will not leave this place without having that kind of relationship with God. It's all about you placing your faith in the savior, the son of God that Jesus that God sent to die on in our behalf. And the Bible says clearly that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That whoever believes on him will never be put to shame. Friend, you can walk out of here secure in the fact that that your life, that your own personal existence is going to be in heaven. But when you come to Christ, something else special happens. When you come to Christ... You also become part of the body of Christ. You're as much as my brother or my sister as my own brother Eric is. There's the physical addition that Eric gives. But he ain't no more my brother than you are my brother or sister. And it all comes through Jesus. So friends, if you're looking for ways not only to go to heaven, but also... To be a part of what God is busy doing right here in our midst on earth. And come and be a part of what God is doing here in the body of Christ here at Bethel. But it's all because of Jesus. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father God, I praise you and thank you that you saw our greatest need, you saw our sin cancer, and you sent the ultimate chemotherapy, you sent the ultimate cure, our Savior Jesus. To die in our stead. Father I praise you and thank you Lord. For seeing that. And Lord drawing us to you. Reconciling us back to yourself. Through your own begotten son. Jesus. Father if there's anyone here that needs that kind of relationship with you. That only a relationship with Christ can bring. Lord I pray. That you would encourage them to come this morning. Father if they're looking for someone. To help them to endure the turbulent times of life. And to be encouraged along the way. To be built up in their faith. Father, I pray that you would encourage them to come. And Father, I pray that during this decision time, if they would have the courage to step out, step forward. I'll show them what the Bible says about how they can come to a relationship with you. It's not what some preacher says. It's not what a church says. It's all about what your word says. And Father, we're so grateful that you gave that to us. So bless us now in this decision time. Let everyone who has heard this word make a decision today. Because we should all be changed by the word of God whenever it's preached. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for our Jesus. And we lift this prayer in his name this morning. And all God's people said.